And uh, welcome back to Nazarek. It is the ANC's 55th uh, National Conference. And of course, uh, this in the 110th year of the organization, Liberation Move, the uh, movement that is now, of course, a ruling party in South Africa. And I can tell you, uh, just to give you uh, some sort of uh, visual in terms of what is happening in front of us, a few minutes ago, maybe 20 minutes or so, um, it was teeming here with people, uh, Aldrin, and all those people have now moved indoors and uh, this is to the uh, plenary hall and we're hoping that uh, things will get underway in a short while here but in the meantime uh, we'll keep bringing you analysis and updates on what is actually happening and uh, we'll take you to those proceedings live as soon as they start. And now we're joined by Dr. Tapelo Tilapedi, political analyst, to have a conversation on the ANC's uh, elective conference, or as they prefer to call it, it is, it's, it's the national, it's a national conference of the ANC. It's not just about the election, but the sense that you get is that it is about the election. It's, it's at the core of this conference and any other conference for that matter for the ANC. Good afternoon. Afternoon. Um, look, I think the, you'll remember that they had a policy conference a few months back. That flopped. It? It flopped. <laughs> well, at least they've, they've, they've at least given some sort of foundation as to what policy uh, positions they want to build. So here, obviously, it's not going to be too much of a discussion on policy. Of course, the issues around around BE needs to be clarified. Um, the issues around the, the energy deal or what should be South Africa's um, energy position really that needs to be clarified. I think there's, there's quite a lot of wrangling around this renewable energy, but I think the, the issue between public and private issues needs to be settled by the ANC. So those things need to still be discussed in the ANC. Yeah. Um, I was actually having a conversation with Tsepo uh, Khadimal yesterday, energy yeah. analyst, and one of the questions were around looking at what's happening now when, it, when we look at energy and what will happen to ESCOM. Um, could we see ESCOM moving to the Department of Energy and Minerals, considering the power dynamics that are at play now currently? Because um, Gwede Mandashe heals a lot of influential power right now and also being at the forefront of the defense of President Cyril Ramaphosa. Look, I think uh, Mr. Gwede Mandashe has been talking a lot around a, a just energy, uh, securing energy, not necessarily around the issue of energy transition. Yeah. He's been trying to consolidate the issue of that the public must, or rather, energy must be in the hands of the public, which obviously runs contrary to quite a lot of commentary around privatizing energy. So that's been quite interesting. Of course, Praveen Gordon and, and Guermantash's constituency in the ANC is not the same. And of course, he does wield a lot more power. It's, it, and, and you can see it in the fact that the president doesn't comment or doesn't respond to Guermantash's comments on this matter. So it's, it's been quite interesting to watch in that sense. But, but, but certainly, I think that discussion will be had. And it will be interesting to see whether delegates lie on that public-private issue with whether do you want to unbundle the, the, the ESCOM or do you want to just keep it on the public hands but obviously restructure. Yeah. But the unbundling process has already started. That unbundling process has already started. And um, what's his name? Andre de Reiter leaves that behind. But the process is already underway. The big, big one for me is whether or not uh, Gwede Mandasha would be able to convince the president why the just transition plan that we've signed to now is not the correct one, considering the abundance of coal, fossil fuel that we still have in this country. Look, I mean, 
again, South Africa is a developing country. Our responsibility with regards to climate change and fossil fuels and so forth is obviously not the same as, I guess, given France or the United States or any other developed country. So obviously there has to be some sort of leeway. Of course, we've signed this, this agreement, particularly with Europe and their investments into renewable energy in South Africa. But, but I don't think, remember here, there's a certain percentage of provision that's been given to renewable energy. The issue is that how then do you provide nationally, given where we come from, apartheid colonial design and, and its inability to cater energy for a huge amount of people. So you need, your renewable energy is not able to do that at a mass scale. And I think the issue of coal is able to do that. So I think right now if they can phase it slowly, I don't think that the issue around the agreements on, on energy is a matter of a, a wholesale change of coal. Um, so we'll have to see how they obviously transition that, uh, given the debates around public and private um, ownership of ESCOM. Could one also not argue, um, uh, Dr. Tabello, that this energy discussion or war, if you will, is also a proxy for those wielding power within and those outside of the ANC? I mean... You know, there's obviously the issue of there are traditional uh, brokers who have been supplying coal to ESCOM. And those brokers are people who then reinvest into the ANC, certainly. Um, so there's a particular constituency there with regards to the financial contribution to the ANC. Then there are those who are in the renewables. And, and renewable has its own constituency of people that come together and say, well, if you, if you give us these contracts, we're able to then obviously contribute to, to the coffers of the ANC. So there is that play going on, certainly. But I'm not quite sure to what extent that sort of wrangling really permeates in terms of policy. Because the issue right now is that we need energy security in the country. The issue of the crisis of ESCOM has been going on for close to 20 years, or more than 15 years, certainly. And, and, and there are people literally born and not know you know, a country that has energy security. But you see, this is where it gets interesting, if not messy. Yeah. Because it is that separation of party and state. Yeah. The ANC can come up with policy here. The ANC in government can certainly move in a different direction yes. if they feel sufficiently, um, you know, motivated to do so. Yes. Whatever the motivators may be. So you have a situation whereby the ANC and its alliance partners, at least, would seem to believe that there has to be a just energy transition that has fossil fuels and coal in the main yes. as a huge part of that transition. Um, but then you have the other lobby and which seems to be at this stage at least in the main located outside of the african national congress who are calling and 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 you would have seen if, if we're being frank um the charges and 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 also uh, just the narrative around Gwede Mantashe and him being a friend of coal and you know uh, against renewable energy and those sort of things so it is very clear that there is a contestation here and Cyril Ramaphosa, as president of the ANC, may be beholden to the view and the policy of the ANC here, but what happens in government and where there are other forces at play as well that say to him, no, 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 you know, if we want this money there, we need to move like this, etc. So how does he basically navigate that space? I mean, listening to you, to me, the two issues here at play, or one really, there's the issue of whether does the economics or, or do the economic players drive the policy agenda 
do or, they? Or, or, or will the policy agenda, wherever it's located, whether it's in the ancient government, will it then, once there's a clear policy position, will then the economics or economic players come into play? I think for me, I'm not quite sure which one is driving which at the moment. But what's quite clear is that obviously sometimes, as you found with the issue around the Reserve Bank, nationalizing yeah. the Reserve Bank or not, you take a policy position at conference, you go into government, government says, well, actually, you know what, we, we really don't need to do this That's right now. That's actually a good example because yes. it is exactly the same thing. It yeah. doesn't matter what is resolved here by the ANC. Nationalization has been ANC yeah. policy for the longest time. Yet, the ANC in government yeah, has, has never implemented nationalization. There's, there's definitely, obviously, a lot of brokering beyond or outside of ANC network, certainly. I mean, it does obviously lend credence to the issue around white monopoly capital. Um, I mean, part, part, in fact, one of the reports I read earlier on was that one of the reasons why Director was there for so long was because there are these sort of other interests outside of the ANC that wanted him to stay in ESCOM. So obviously there are those, once you get into government, people will come to you and say, well, this is what we want this is the type of money we can put into this investment. So there are those interplay and, and certainly we have to give room for that. Another question around that is if you look at, I know a lot of focus tends to be on tender corruption, but what about the influence of policy outside of the ANC structures and outside of the government structures which will be through parliament, but there is the lobbying that actually happens and we know for instance in the United States it happens quite openly. Here in South Africa it seems to be a bit COVID. However though, yeah. you see that it is contrary to what a party would have decided that when it ends up in parliament it's something different. Look, I think the organizationally and politically within the ANC they give room obviously for the government to also say well we know we took this decision five years ago in the policy conference, but these are what the ANC terms as national balance of forces and then international balance of forces, which allows or disallows them to make certain policy pronouncements. Obviously, one of the issues that was, that was mentioned around the Reserve Bank was that it would not be favorable. International balance of forces does not favor them. Uh, although you can have a debate around that. Similarly with the issue around land, if you remember the land debate, given that there's a lot of private interest in land, whether it's the banks who are owning the land, whether it's foreign interests, and so on. So I do think that there's a lot of leeway, I think. There's a dynamic, I think there needs to be an understanding of a dynamic between the ANC, the organization, and then the ANC in, in government. Um, so I, I don't see it but as that's always, yes, it's it ambiguous. is, unfortunately, it must be. <laughs> Very ambiguous, because yeah. you say the power rests in the branches. Yes. It is the branches that make these decisions. And you are a deployee of this party yeah. in parliament. Yeah. You are there to actually go and implement these policies at government level. Yeah. So when you talk about... Um, you know, the Reserve Bank and the nationalization of the Reserve Bank and there are international forces um, who are not um, in favor of this. Yeah. Who are those? Why are we never told who exactly is not in favor and why? Look, look that's not always public record, but... but Shouldn't it be? It, it should. It should, and I agree with you. I think 
Okay, let me just make it quick. I think part of the issue, of course, is that if you get investment, whether into ESCOM or into some of the, oh, into the public protector uh, that come from, from, from foreign interests, they do make particular demands. Whether they say, well, we don't want BE, we don't want affirmative action, let's just keep it on merit-based, let's do the procurement on this basis and so forth. So part of the issue is that whether the NC takes the decisions here, whether it's around Reserve Bank, whether it's around the land, whatever it is, it has to be balanced against the reality of what is possible because that is taken against interests of other stakeholders, definitely. And I think members, those in government and those in the party understand that. So all I'm just saying here is that there has to be a flexible dynamic between the party and those in government. Well, we continue the conversation. We'd love to hear from you as well. Your thoughts on the ANC's elective conference, looking into what's currently playing out and also this big, big debate, and it's always a debate, of course, and that is around uh, where does the power lie? We're always told that Amanda Asemasebini, but is that really the case? Sakina Kamwendo on SAFM. You are listening to Aldrin Sempia on SAFM. Sam Cam. Yes. Okay, yes. That's the hashtag <laughs> that we're going with. Um, it, it, no, it's Cam Sam. Cam Sam. It's Sam Cam. Cam it's, it's Cam Sam. Should we go with Sam Cam? Sam Cam. Okay, which one is it going to be? Uh, Dr. Tapelo? Cam Sam. Cam Sam. Cam Sam, baby. Cam Sam. I think Cam Sam. I like Cam Sam. All right. So it's Carmendo, Sam Pierre. Yeah? The rose of the tongue is, yeah. Yeah, Cam Sam. So our hashtag uh, for the duration of the special broadcast up until Wednesday is going to be hashtag... Sam Cam. Oh no, Cam Sam. <laughs> <laughs> you, you practiced it for so long. <laughs> no, we're going with, it's, it's going to be Cam Sam. Cam Sam 22. So if you want to interact with us, please use the hashtag Cam Sam. And Cam is K-A-M. Sam is S-A-M. So Gamendo and Sam Pierre. The nuts and bolts of it. Indeed. And of course, uh, as we had indicated earlier, I'm not sure what's going on because there are now more people coming back out from that plenary. <laughs> so I, I really cannot tell you uh, what exactly is going on. But here's the thing. We still want to hear from you. And um, apologies as we've just been scrambling just to get as much information and keep you uh, abreast of developments here at NASREC. We still want to hear from you. So please give us, uh, you know, uh, uh, not a call per se because we can't take those. Uh, but you can send us a WhatsApp voice note on 082-692-3909. That's 082 692 3909. Tell us what your thoughts are on what's uh, been happening or not happening here at NASREC thus far. Uh, Prof, um, uh, Dr. Uh, Tapelo, your, your views on, you know, what we've been seeing. We've all been milling around, you know, hurry up and wait kind of scenario here today. So uh, just give me your thoughts on the development so far. Oh, um, I was listening to the press briefing by Dr. William just earlier before uh, the media guys got inside plenary and he kept on emphasizing that, well, it's our conference, you know, we'll, we'll adjust the times, it doesn't really matter. Don't don't hurry us, don't make time uh, a headline here. And I was surprised by that because I think, in a sense, really, you're assuming that media is here because they want to be here or because, wow, they're just going to run around the national leadership and just want to talk to national leadership. But I think there's a responsibility that the ANC has. So I'm quite disappointed with his talk around the time. Um, but I guess it's, it's what to expect. We saw this again in 2017 somewhat. 
So what do you think we can expect here? Um, and just looking at all of the uh, sort of side shows as Zizi Courtois framed them earlier and what's been happening in and around the conference venue, what do you think we should expect at this point? Organizational, in terms of the organization of the conference? I mean, look, I think uh, it, 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 there's a lot of people walking around. It's not quite clear what's supposed to be happening. The fact that people started late, I just saw President Tabombeki also just come in recently. So that's been interesting to, to, to watch. Um, I, I expect that this is going to run quite late into the evening. Um, I, I, I am not sure whether some of the reports, particularly the organizational report, will be discussed tonight. Um, but, but it's slightly a bit disorganized, but I suspect maybe it's just teething issues from the first day. And hopefully tomorrow will be better. Yeah, absolutely. We all hope that things will be better. But I think uh, we're in for, you know, the long haul tonight, uh, <laughs> yeah. Aldrin. So yeah. just prepare yourself. If you're waiting for yeah. any sort of real um, uh, content from the conference itself in terms of what will be discussed, what will be yeah. deliberated upon, the organizational report, the um, nominations, and of course, the yes. voting, yes. that is going to be late into the night, into yeah. the early morning hours. Yeah, no, it is going to be. I mean, remember today, it's, it's, it's just going to be the nomination of the officials. And then tomorrow it's supposed to be the voting. So given that these things are going to start late, delegates are going to sleep late or in the morning. They're going to expect it to wake up early. I doubt that's going to happen. So tomorrow it's going to be another sort of late start to the day. And, and that's to be expected given today's proceedings. Um, but yeah, let's, let's see how the day goes. Let's, let's hope there will be content from, from the political report today. It's, it's a pity that as media we don't, we don't get to hear the quality of discussions following from the political report. But, but hopefully after the briefing we can have a sense of what was discussed. And, and that's interesting as well. And um, I'm reminded of, you know, sitting through some of those uh, media briefings on the policy deliberations yeah. in Mangaung, early morning hours, you know, and you sure. had no option but to wait for them. And um, <laughs> I suspect we're in for that sort of thing again. Sure, sure. No, no I mean, some of the people who are already talking about that, that's a possibility. Um, I know some of the delegates already were talking about living in the AMs. So I think it's, it's not a great start to the conference, but, but I think a lot of the work obviously around policy has been done. I don't think there would be a lot of debates around that, especially in the commissions. So the biggest thing here are really the elections, just to get over the, at least to discuss the reports, to adopt them and, you, and then give it to the incoming NEC. And, you know, previously one might have, you know, said, okay, th that is the most important thing. But also just considering that today as we speak, and I'm not sure if it's still the case, yeah. uh, but earlier on when we started the show, we were on load steading stage six. Yes. So, yes. you know, there are very, very important policy issues that actually need the attention of the delegates in order to craft, you know, policy going forward for yes. the country. Yes. And one just wonders, you know, if those sort of discussions are pushed into the AMs, into the early morning hours, uh, of what quality will they be and, and what will the attendance be like? No, I agree. I mean, one of the issues I had made mention in the policy documents was there's the issue now around the, the arts industry. Which was, which was not discussed in the previous conferences. It's a new addition in terms of the policy outlook of the ANC. And I think it's quite an important industry. It does make some 
uh, a significant contribution to the South African economy, I think it does merit attention. And you wouldn't want to have delegates to be discussing that in the AEMs. And I think how the document has been crafted and how the ANC has articulated its position on, 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 on the arts industry has been quite narrow. And I think there has to be a fuller discussion with, with a, a wide range within that industry of what constitutes the art and entertainment industry and how can you bring it into sharp focus given its contribution to the economy. So those things certainly you don't want them to be not discussed properly. Mm, it's I that. Agree. It's the energy question. And it's, it's the, a question of a basic income grant as well. Uh, yes. Given the economy. And yeah. then I'm lumping that with the economy because, you know, uh, these things are feed off each other. So because we have a stagnant economy, um, we now have a population because of the economy, because of ESCOM, as I said, they all just feed into one another. Sure. We're now sure. sitting with a population that is desperate for some sort of assistance from government. Yeah. And while some people may argue that you are creating dependency, which is, of course, not ideal. Yeah. But what is the alternative? Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, you're reminding me now of, you know, the uh, unfortunately sort of the badly publicly articulated issues around, you know, students moving from the Eastern Cape to, to Joburg. But what you find is that there's a lot of internal migration in the country. And because of towns being sort of deindustrialized, not a lot of economic participation happening in those in the certain economies there's obviously then a concentration of people in certain regions like city of Johannesburg city of Cape Town Etiquini and other spots and I think the ANC needs to really sort of think about how do you deal with those with those sort of issues how do you go back to secondary cities and make them fertile ground for economic development whether you go to Mafike and whether you go to Mpumalanga because you can't just concentrate capital in these sort of major cities because um, then you'll have higher concentration of people. Um, and, and, and that creates a lot of poverty and unemployment in spaces, even yeah. in the city. Actually, let's have that conversation a bit later on as well, because um, the rural economy is the one that has been neglected a lot. Yeah. And it's almost like it's um, situated somewhere there in the periphery. Like even now with the investment conference, and I've raised this with one of the premiers, I can't remember who it was, to say that when there is a, the investment conference, do yeah. provinces actually come together to to bid amongst themselves to try uh -huh. and win over the investor why you should can it, why you should actually come and set up in my province municipalities too do municipalities bid and say you should actually come and set up in our province or our municipality because these are some of the reprieves that we might give you and this is how this could actually benefit um, our community but let's have that conversation okay, when we yes. come back we All just right. quickly need to go to the sports with Tabiso Musia